Hi, I'm referee Mark Freilich. Thanks for joining us for episode eight of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. My guest today is Ralph Green of Toledo, Ohio. The intro to this podcast is just minutes away, and it provides some additional details about Ralph's life. So I'll just say that you will thoroughly enjoy listening and laughing along with Ralph. It's just an hour of so much fun. And uh, his officiating career has included 19 regional tournaments, eight Final Four state tournaments, and four state finals. Positive, energetic, discipline, service-oriented. It's all Ralph Green. I also want to thank our major sponsor, PQ2 LLC, and its owner and fellow basketball official and friend, Matt Kearns. Please visit PQ2 dash2.com and explore how Matt can help you and your business. And if you want to support this podcast, as I look to continue to improve the quality of the content, you may do so by buying me a cup of caramel apple cider. I love that stuff. It's really, it's really good. You can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash Freilich and click on the support button. From there, you can buy that caramel apple cider by selecting a 99 cent option, the $4.99 a month option, or the $9.99 month option. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. You ready for Ralph Green? Enjoy the show. It's a great day on a podcast when someone like Ralph Green joins the show. As you heard on the introduction, Ralph's career is all about service. The Marine Corps, the Lucas County Sheriff's Department as a deputy, a supervisor currently for Toledo Public Schools, an elder at his church, and a longtime high school basketball official with an extremely impressive postseason resume. Ralph, welcome to the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. You know, that service is something that really stands out when going over what you have done in your lifetime. So what has led you to a lifetime of service? Uh, just the opportunity to uh, not just give back to uh, my country, but to my community, Mark. Uh, I'm a firm, I'm just a giver and someone who thinks that I that God put me here to uh, assist others in any possible way and I think I started that off by entering the military and uh, from the military to law enforcement to uh, law enforcement to basketball and now where I'm currently at with Toledo uh, Public Schools. I enjoy being around uh, young men, young women, people that I think that I can impact or have some uh, influence um, on their careers. Yeah and, uh, and, and that does not go unnoticed. I know a lot of people uh, that I've talked to that know you, Ralph, uh, know what kind of character you have, and, and uh, that just speaks volumes about you. So let's get into our four quarters, and, and always we begin with the pregame. And so let's begin with the pregame, and we'll begin by uh, having you listen to this from our sponsor. Hey, Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, Connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. 
make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. So as we enter the pregame, Ralph, uh, you've been you've been officiating for a long time. Talk to us a little bit about your journey into basketball officiating. Um, where did it start? And uh, give us a little bit of details on um, about your your journey as a basketball official. Well, you know, Mark, I, I, I'm a firm believer in giving uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, it isn't something that I was interested in, but another veteran official uh, that you guys are familiar with, Tracy Lindsay. Uh, I worked with her husband in uh, at the sheriff's office at Toledo Municipal Court, and it just happened. We had a conversation one day, and Tracy actually uh said you know what you should give this a shot you know because she had already been officiating and you know i i took her up on the word and i signed up uh went to the class whitey hafner was our instructor and um he assumed that i was a quick learner uh, i went out there and did learn from whitey who i thought was uh, rest in peace first of all read rest in peace and but I thought Whitey did a great job of taking someone like myself who knew absolutely nothing about uh, uh, rules and thinking that I knew everything about the game. Um, as Whitey sat down and broke things down to us and interpreted the rules to us, it, I come to the realization I didn't know uh, what I thought I knew. So I, I took that to heart because I, I love challenges. And I thought becoming an official was a challenge. Um so went to the class and our very first game right out of right out of the class, uh, Whitey threw me into a girls JV game and Mark, I could tell you, uh, I've had some nervous experiences in my life, but I think that that was my most nervous, one of the most <laughs> nervous things I ever went through. Uh, it was in Holgate, Ohio, myself and Melissa Claire, who was just out of the class, thrown into the fire of a JV girls game and. Uh, it was a great experience, a learning experience. But at that, once that broke the mold, uh, I felt I told myself I want to become the best official uh, that I can. And I, I did a lot of fifth grade basketball just to learn and understand how what what basketball rules are in place. Uh, what's a double dribble? What's a travel? Because at that stage in young kids' career, you see it all. You see the travels, you see the double dribbles, you see, you learn the foul, the mechanics, that's where you learn to sharpen your mechanics at, at that level, not at the upper level. So I traveled that fifth grade, sixth, seventh grade, couple of freshman JV games. Um, and once I got the experience, uh, I was able to take the varsity test after my second year. I took the test, but I told everyone I wasn't ready to do varsity basketball. I just used it as an insurance policy. And Lord behold, Mark, the first way I got my first varsity game was we were always taught as young officials, go with your varsity guys to learn. You know, learn the game and the speed and what it takes at the next level. I go to game with Dave Bringman and I um Bill Dave Bringman and um Bill Bradish. Uh and I don't remember who the third was, but the third didn't show up. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> good thing you didn't mention so his name. Uh, <laughs> good thing. Yeah. So, 
we in the locker room, and you know what? They get ready to start. They say, okay, we need one of you guys who has their varsity license. I said, I have my varsity license. They said, well, you're staying. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thrown into the fire. Uh, I, I tell you what, Mark, it's a great experience, though. Uh, I mean, I was working with two great guys yes. who literally took me under their wings and taught me how, uh, what it's like to be an official. But that's how I got my first varsity game. And, and once you gain the confidence and the nerves of kind of ease, it's, it's just a basketball game because – the game is played the same, except at the varsity level, they're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger. But that opportunity opened up uh, doors for me and opportunities for me uh, to move forward. Um, I said I was fortunate from that point to, you know, once I got a full varsity schedule and uh, able to achieve some accomplishments, you know, my first sectional game was super exciting because, you know, you hear about you hear all the veteran officials talk about, hey, how's your tournament schedule? What kind of tournament games? And you know, when I forgot that first sectional game, it was like like a kid in a candy store. Mark, I was <laughs> excited uh, on top of just like, oh my god, you know, I, I thought it was just another basketball game, but when you realize tournament play is it, completely different than regular season because every night somebody's season is ending, and you're playing for something, and you don't want to be the reason that uh, one of those teams goes home because of mistakes that I may have made by not being able to interpret a rule or nor a rule or not being able to make that call or have a confidence to make a call when I need to make it. Uh, I've been truly blessed from that point, Mark. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously you, you worked hard and and perfected your craft because your your eight state tournaments and four state finals showcase the the quality that you uh, that you did. I want to go back to that first varsity game with Bradish and Bringman, who, like you said, just fantastic mentors and um, great guys to learn from. What was the halftime conversation like? You know, I, probably the pre, pre-game was probably something like, you know, Ralph, don't worry about this, you're going to do fine. But then you did the first half and the halftime comes in. Not knowing Bringman and Bradish, it was extremely positive. But uh, give us a little idea of what kind of things went on. Well, I'll... Anyone who knew Dave Bringman, Dave is the type of person who can, he will make you and put you at ease no matter how nervous you are. And Dave will give you the confidence that you may be lacking. And he says, his first words to me was, how'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) You know me, I told Dave, Dave, I was nervous. Uh, My question, what did I do wrong? Was I in the right position? Did I rotate right? Dave says to me, just continue to officiate the game. We'll take care of the rest. And from that point, I mean, with him and Brad, I just really, Mark, you're talking about relief. I was just so relieved that one, they just made me see like I was a part of their every their three-man crew. That They made me feel like I was a part of it all the time. Yep. And they made me feel like one of the guys out there, you know, despite the lack of experience that I've had, but being around those guys, it made me seem like I had tons of experience because I was around a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience with those two guys. But Dave Bringman can really find a way to settle you down and make you feel like you are part of, you've been there for years. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, since we're in this pregame section uh, right now, we want to talk a little bit about some of your pregame practices that you utilize, Ralph, uh, before a basketball game. We know how important a pregame is. So what kind of things do you talk about in the pregame? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about the importance of that. 
Well, you know, what, what the first thing I try to do, um, Mark, no matter who I'm working with, I try to break the mold of, of, of the officials. Some officials are, you know, it, 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 they're high energy, high strong, uptight. So I always go in, I, I just honestly, I just start talking, cracking jokes. You know, same thing, just to ease everyone up. Uh, and once guys are eased up and um, I ask questions like, have anyone you guys had these teams before? You know, we try to get to, do they have any tendencies? Have you, you know, worked them in the season, midseason? If they have, what are some of their tendencies that one team may have? Uh, are they physical? Uh, are they athletic? Uh, are they three-point shooters? We talk about things like that. Um, but one of my pet peeves when it comes to pregame is I always tell the guys and the young ladies that I'm working with, make sure that we know the rules because they pay us officials to know the rules and not guess, but we have to understand and know the rules. Being able to interpret it, uh, make sure that we're covering our area in the three-man, make sure we stay with shooters from the time they go up to the time they come down to the floor, uh, off ball, making sure we get those illegal screens, those chucks, those pushing. Uh, make sure we got the right angle as the center, as a center official, making sure that on a uh, on the drive to the bucket, uh, stay with that driver crash in case you have a crash in the path. If there's a block charge, know where that guy was standing at, know where they're positioned at, because those are crucial calls and they happen so quick. Uh, so we definitely I harnessed a lot on the off-ball, uh, over-the-top. Uh, if we have problems with coaches, how to address coaches. And, Mark, whether people want to officially believe it or not, every coach ha- is handled differently because you have coaches that's been around that knows officials. They know the game. They know understand the rules. And, and you do handle them differently than you have that coach who just yell and scream. And holler all day. So we talk about coaches. Uh, how do we? What happens if there's a technical foul? What happens if a player fouls out on their fifth foul? You know, reporting. Make sure that if you call that fifth foul, you know, let your partners know. Communicate. Uh, that way, they can go present to the table and to the coach. Uh, communication, nonverbal communication, is, is, a, is an essential with me. Always look at each other. I would never put the ball in play, Mark. Uh, without looking at my partners, and I always tell them, give me a nod, give me a thumbs up, uh, but let me know you're ready because I'm not going to put the ball in play until you let. What we don't want to have is a slip-up where I put the ball in play and my partner wasn't ready or I wasn't ready. So we have to make good eye contact. Um, If there's a call or a change, a call that we need to make, let's get together because getting together, even if we're not going to change the call, in the coach's eyesight and in the fans' eyesight, at least we got together to try to communicate. So let's make sure good communication to me during my pregame is always my number one pet peeve. We got to be able to communicate. And my last, I tell them, always end by let's not call nothing that we can't explain. In other words, if you make a call, be able to explain it if you have to. But don't tell a coach, don't ever say, uh, I don't know or I didn't understand the rule or that's no, if you be able to explain what you call, I have confidence in when you do it. And that's normally how my pregame in. And that's a fantastic pregame, Ralph. I think I might just take the podcast to my first game and uh, get to your section <laughs> and just play it. <laughs> 
It might make them laugh a little bit, Mark. That's for sure. <laughs> and with that, uh, that ends our pregame. And so our first quarter is up next, and it's sponsored by this. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey, ref, click on www.pq-2.com. So in the first quarter, Ralph, you touched on this a little bit uh, about coaches, but the first quarter is about coaches and communication with coaches. And you're right, coaches have different personalities on the sidelines, and we have to decide um, uh, what that personality is, um, whether we've had them before or not, and we kind of get a feel for that uh, in the first quarter. So what kind of things do you do uh, that is beneficial that in dealing with coaches, something that might help other officials? What kind of things do you do? It all starts at the, uh, at the beginning of the game, the way you address coaches. Uh, when we go and meet the coaches prior to the game, address them. I've learned um, I want to know their names because I think when you address them by their name instead of coach, it kind of gives them that attention. Okay, this guy either has studied up on me, he know me, he knows something about me. So I, I don't say coach, coach, coach. I like to get their names. And what I'll do, Mark, is doing warm-ups. If I have teams that I don't know their coach names, I'll ask one of the kids, I'll say, without pointing, which one is your head coach, and give me his name. And they give me, so when I go over there and introduce, I'd be like, uh, Greg, Ralph, no, Greg, Ralph. That way, it gives them, I think it puts them on a, 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 it brings them down where they're on the same level. I'm Ralph to them, they're uh, John, Coach John or whatever. Um I think that brings it to a whole different level. Um, like I said, I kind of like to uh, get to know as much about coaches as I can in terms of what their rituals are, what their antics are, how they address officials. And a lot of that comes, Lamar, just with experience. Yeah. Um, me as a six-year official uh, is handled by coaches a lot now as a 27-year official. Um, the coaches now know who I am. They know how I've been around. They know what they can say. They know what they can't say. They know what they, I can tolerate and what I won't tolerate. Um, so just experience yourself and knowing coaches and listening to coaches. That's the key thing. They may be sometimes coaches, they're really yelling or upset at their players, um, but they take it out. That's they take it out the official, but it makes it like they're harping at us. But you have to understand and know that coach and see that it's not intentionally at me. It's more for his players. Uh, but there's no disrespect towards me at all. Just he's trying to get to his kids or, you know, fire them up. But um, just the respect goes a long way and listening to coaches. And don't be afraid to answer that question when the time comes. Any specific encounters with a coach that you care to share that uh, might help other officials uh, de- when dealing with coaches? You know, I, I can say, Mark, um, I have these are some of the names that I have dealt with. Uh, you've been around, so you understand. These are some coaches with personalities. 
I, I'll start with uh, Coach Air High at St. John's, uh, ben, ben Williams at Scott, uh, Leroy Bates at Libby, uh, uh, Doug Sweet down the Ottawa Glendorf, uh Kurt Lehman. These are coaches. They have different personalities, so they have different ways of trying to work you as an official. I, and I always tell everyone, uh, Ed Heinschel, uh Ed has that way of, uh, <laughs> he has a very psychological way, a philosophical way of trying to get to you. He wouldn't curse and scream. Uh, what he would do, though, as you're close to him, he gets right in your ear. I literally, I'm only five, six, five, seven. So he's right in my ear, and he'll say something like, Ralph, you know you've seen that. You can't let him get away with that. He's holding my kid. And I say, Coach, I allowed your kid to do the same thing. Well, you can't allow that for them, though. <laughs> and I'll say that, and I'll just run down the court, and Coach Heist will be like, okay, that's my response for him. And Jim, uh, Jim Robinson at Maumee. Jim Robinson used to just flat out, he calls your name, and what he would do, Mark, he would just yell it, Ralph Green, you're better than that. <laughs> and, and, and the whole arena would hear you. And as I ran back towards Jim, I said, Jim, I don't get any better than what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so those were guys that I, I, I love to referee a lot of people were intimidated by him mr williams were always intimidating because he was just tall but very smart and for uh he would use that reverse psychology on you uh earl morris who's six eight i'm somebody like myself like i said mark when i'm looking up to earls uh it's like it's the funniest thing you're a midget speaking to a giant <laughs> but they have a way to try to intimidate you but i would all just use my you know i would never yell back at them and i would find a way to their energy and just use it back towards them. Yeah, and you can probably take some of the things that you learned as a deputy and apply that to the basketball floor as well. And we'll we'll talk about that later when we talk about uh, how officiating has uh, impacted your professional life. But um, one of the questions I had is, how do you when when you have a coach that yells like that, and maybe it, you know these guys really well, but maybe some of uh, some coaches that you don't know as well, and they're yelling at you, kind of in your face. I know you're short, but I've seen you, Ralph. You're real stocky. <laughs> so I, 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 I wouldn't. I, even though you're short, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yell at you too much. But, but how do you remain calm in those situations? And and how do you talk to a coach that is extremely upset with you? Well, you know what, Mark. This is why I, I, I have a way of telling coaches. I say if you yell and scream, I say, Coach, if you have a question, I will answer it answer it. If you're making a statement, I don't answer statements. I answer questions. So if you're making a statement, coach, I'm going to keep going and I'm ignore you. I said, but if you have a question, I will answer your question. And I could tell you what, Mark, that has been effective with a first-year coach and a 30-year coach. It's very effective. I answer questions, not statements. And Mark, it works to perfection. Well, that puts the end of the first quarter. The second quarter approaches, and we thank our second quarter sponsor. Hey, ref. Objectivity, integrity, and experience. All hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion 
for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. So the second quarter begins, and it has to deal with players and our communication with them as officials. So um, I, I know, Ralph, you are very good at this. Uh, what can you say about communicating with players and the importance of that? Mark, I'll tell you what, it, there is nothing more important, especially with the captains and with the kids on the court, but a simple fact. The kids on the court are an extension of their coaches, and I truly believe that my other profession actually helps me with this part here, Mark, because I believe in relating to young men and young women. Uh, communicating is, is it goes a very long way with kids on the court. Uh, don't be afraid to let them know what they did. If they you call a file on them and they ask, what did I do? Tell them what they did. Uh, I There's sometimes with guys, uh, young ladies, may not want to explain, but if you get the time to explain to your young men and young women because they get caught up in the game in the, itself and don't realize sometimes what they did. So I don't mind explaining. This is what you did. And if it's something uh, where I need to, I'll call it drop the hammer, where I think it's a little too physical, I'll go in, mark and flat out, you know, then the, 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 the father mentality come out, knock it off. Knock it off, enough is enough. And they respond to that. What kids don't respond very well to is when you get sarcastic with them or you don't answer a simple question where you think they're challenging your integrity or anything. But I just think communicating with kids go a very long way. Explaining to them what they did because sometimes they, you know, block charge. They may, what did I do wrong? And it's the little things. You may have threw your leg out. I just explain to them. Or they start falling down before the contact comes. I explain to them. You start falling back. That's not a legal guarding position. They understand it. They be like, thank you, and they move on. Yeah, and don't you find that uh, the players probably maybe in the last five years they, they talk to officials more, whether that's good or bad, but um, I've, I've found that, that a lot more players are um, not yelling, but they're actually communicating with us, which I think is great. I think I agree with you 100%. I think so. And um, they, They're they so respectful. I, I, they, I That's why I do like Mark is a lot of young men, you know, they're so respectful and and they do. They ask questions. They communicate with you. And not just from a basketball standpoint. I get the big excitement uh, when I work games where I know the kids' parents. Say, I mean, on a personal level. And me and the kid, me and the young man on the court talking and just communicating. Uh, talking about their parents, but they have no idea because that's what we're talking about. You know? So I, I, those things are personal. I truly enjoy doing because uh, some of the things that they say, I, I, I tell the parents, I never, I never repeat or tell the kids because I swore to secrecy. <laughs> but that conversation, <laughs> having what telling their parents, hey, Ralph, tell my mom to be quiet. Ralph, when you get to work, just tell my mom I wish she would have shut up. You know? <laughs> but things like that, and, and where the kids really, I enjoyed that part of the game. Uh, just laughing with them, Mark. Uh, just reminding the kids, I'm just there as a part of the game. The game is about them. It's not about me. It's about them. Have fun. I'm just here to enforce the rules. Yeah, and a lot of times people look at the officials and um, they see that we're smiling. And, and you know, that's 
I know that upsets some coaches and, and probably upsets some fans as well. But, you know, we're out there and, and we're having a good time just like the kids are having a good time. And, and there's a place, there's a time and a place um, for, for having fun. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. One uh, A game last year, Mark, where, uh, was I out of defiance. And it was doing a timeout, uh, a full timeout. I'm on the block. And the, the, the cheering section from Defiance, they look, I'm looking at them, and a guy looks at me, makes eye contact, and does the paper, rock, scissors with me. <laughs> he looks at me and does the paper, rock, scissors. And, and you know what? I, I'll just, I, got, I start doing paper, rock, scissors, and the fans just erupted. They thought that was the biggest, you know, the coolest thing. But him and I doing paper, rock, scissors, doing the timeout. It's just something that simple. But it put everybody at ease, and the fans thought it was the greatest thing my, uh, on, on earth. Did Something you, that simple. But did it you didn't win? affect the game. Had no barrier. It's on a timeout. You know, it didn't take my attention off the game. But just something that simple where the kids realize that official there, he's, he's human. He's just not locked here as an official. So I, little things like that, Mark, I, I, I want to be part of the game. Absolutely. And, and I asked a little bit before, did you win? Uh, I won the first three times. And then when he won the fourth time, he made sure he let everybody know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you had all the bragging rights there, Ralph, man. I, I did. I, I did, but he took the last one. And you know they say you only remember the last thing, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's halftime. Hey, the first couple quarters went just perfectly, so it's halftime. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll head to the second half. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralich and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking. And we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. So the third quarter, Ralph, is about um, officials and how we communicate with each other. Uh, and I think that's really important when we talk about the crew yes. and crew dynamics. So let's talk a little bit about what officials can do to improve that cohesiveness. And, and part of this is probably going to uh, – we'll talk about pregame, uh, halftime, and even during timeouts, that critical – those three critical times when there needs to be some communication. And I think you talked a little bit about that as well. Uh, but but talk a little bit about how you can improve that crew cohesiveness. The way I would think you can improve uh, crew cohesive is uh, one trust each other. Mark, you have to trust, especially if you're working with uh, officials that you're not familiar with working. You want you want to put them at ease by just letting them know. Trust you. I'm gonna trust you. Uh, I'm gonna trust your area. I'm not gonna be in your area. I'm gonna trust that. We all have a responsibility, and I'm going to trust that your responsibility you have. I mean, I'm here for your support. If there's something that uh, a ball that was tipped where you need some help, 
I'll come to you or you come to me. But I think that the true thing is trusting your partner and knowing your areas of responsibility and rely, I'm going to rely on you. I'm not going to, what these costs go out of my area. I'm going to trust that. And I think a lot of fishers realize when you trust them, you're not over officiating. You're allowing them to do their area. Uh, that in itself, Mark, goes a very long way. Um, and like I said, just simple communicating. Um, a good eye contact, like we say in our pregame, make good eye contact. Um, uh, if we need to get together, let's get together. Um, but the biggest thing is trust, trust, and trust. Yeah, and when a if partner calls a play, maybe it's out of bounds or, or a foul, or, and you're right next to the coach, and the coach says, you know, why didn't you get that? You had a better angle. What kind of things do you say to the coach? Coach, we all have our areas of responsibility, and I trust the judgment that my partner made. That is his area. I trust the call that he made. Perfect. So what do you do, um, what do you look for, Ralph, when you look at young officials? Uh, what kind of things do you look for uh, that, that maybe you want to start working with that official? You say young officials? Mark? Right. I'm yep. sorry. Yeah, yeah, young officials. Uh, you know, most young officials, like we all were, uh, consistency, uh uh, not moving too fast. Uh, that's one of the biggest things I think young officials, Mark, is they want to do everything fast. Uh, they don't they don't allow the game to slow down uh, where they see a lot more, where you see plays developing. Uh, I always tell them, slow down, because one thing, the, when the whistle blows, it can't start until we put the ball in play. Once the whistle blows, everything stops. So take your time, especially we have a neck as young official. When you call a foul, you want to rush over to the table. You want to hurry up and put your hands up to signal. I always tell young officials, just relax. Make sure you're doing the mechanics right because mechanics in basketball, especially at the higher school level, that's where it carry you a long way because if you blow that whistle and your hand's not up to stop the clock um, or if you're moving too fast, I tell them to slow down, blow the whistle. Whenever your whistle blows, say, remember, either you're going to have an open hand or a closed fist. It's just that, one or the other. I say everything stops until if you got to report a file, take your time and report it. If you got a violation, stop, do your mechanic, point to where the ball is. I say, take your time. But so many young officials, and I did it too. Well, you know, we're so excited, Mark. We think that everything should be done right away, and we move too fast. And when we're moving too fast and the game is already fast enough, you have a tendency to miss a lot because too fast, things going fast, is nothing but a collision. So one of us has to slow down, and the official, we need to slow down. And I tell them that, take your time. Take your time as a young official because if you're patient and slow, you'll pick up a lot more, you'll see a lot more. I dress the part. I always tell young officials, make sure you dress the part. Uh, make sure when you come to the games, you know, you're not coming, you know, just come in there and look like you're ready to officiate a basketball game. You know, come prepared. Read your rule book. Understand. And the last thing, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to take corrective criticism. Yeah, that last one is um, very important. And uh, some people accept that. And pretty well, and some people don't. Yes. 
Yeah. Absolutely. You have something who just won't, but our job as veteran officials is to give you the right tools, give you the right uh, advice, whether they take say mark, whether they take it or not. Our job, I think we have an obligation to still give it to them. As the third quarter ends, we want to remind you that the fourth quarter is sponsored by this. Hey, Ref, Rule 1, Section A, Article 3, in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. So our fourth quarter begins, and this is just a variety of questions. And uh, I, I really enjoy this because of really the content on this. There's a lot of interesting things that are part of this fourth quarter. And I want to give you a couple of situations that you can uh, talk to us about. So the game's tied at, at 60 to 60. Uh, there's five seconds to go in the game, Ralph. Team A has yes, the um, team A has the ball underneath their own basket, and they have called a timeout. What are you and your partners going to discuss during the timeout? Well, first thing I always say, we come together. And what we're looking for is a 60-60 game. So we're looking for uh, looking at the time on the clock. Uh, we're looking for uh, if the ball is shot before it goes. We're looking for uh, if the ball is made, timeouts. Uh, make sure that if there's a timeout call on a made bucket, Someone has timeout. Someone has the clock. I kind of glanced over at the benches because I know that's, that's that's one of those things that's hard to do. But as a veteran official, it's a reaction when that ball goes to the net. We're looking and listening for coaches whether they want to call a timeout. Um, so on a made basket, we're looking to see how much time on the clock because most likely if there's a timeout, we got to make sure we get the time right. Uh, time is, is, is everything. So make sure we got the right time on the clock. Um, so look for the immediate timeout from the coach. Um, if there's a uh, if there's a made basket, if there's a missed basket, uh, we're doing the same thing. Make sure that there's a clear rebound. Make sure that the ball isn't loose. Uh, so make sure that there's a clear rebound and listen for them coaches for the quick timeout. Make sure the same thing. If that timeout is called, make sure we got the clock where if there's time ran off and it shouldn't be, and we try to be as accurate as precise as we can to. If there's more time we need to be put on the clock or if the clock is accurate. And we'll discuss all that before the ball gets in play. Sim- on both teams, if the other team is in a bonus, mm-hmm. um, if there's a foul uh, before the clock, make sure we know who the shooters are. Um, make sure we uh, don't lose shooters. Keep track of the shooters. Uh, things like that, Mark. So those are crucial things. Make sure the right shooter, if there is one, make sure that the right shooter is on the free throw line. Yeah, getting that shooter is really important. I had an incident one time. Um, <laughs> one of uh, one of the guys that helped me out. We had a game uh, where the uh, it was a it was not a close game, uh, but we had uh, three seconds to go on the clock. There was a foul. Uh, timeout was called. One of the uh, uh, one of the officials came up to me and said, "Who's the shooter?" And I said, "Well, I think it is twenty three. And he looks at me and he says, "What do you mean you think?" It's 23. Right. When you have right. a timeout, you have to know 
who the shooter is. And I said, okay, well, who is it? He said, 23. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he got his point across. You know, I, I needed to Absolutely. be, I needed to be a hundred percent sure who the shooter was before they're back on the floor. So, um, his language a lot, was a lot more colorful than that, but, uh, I learned a lesson Absolutely. that day. Yeah. Absolutely. It's important because there have been times where, uh, the wrong shooter has went to the line, um, and we miss it. And that's why those are the little things that, especially um, younger officials or even veteran crews, uh, Mark, that we have to uh, remind each other of because we don't want to get complacent and think because we've been doing this a long time that we can't make mistakes either. But we can make mistakes also even as veteran officials. Yep, that's true. So a similar situation, Team A is uh, has the ball underneath the, their own basket, and they've called timeout. They are now trailing 62-60 to 60 to Team B. Uh, so team A has the ball under their basket. Uh, what are you What are you going to talk about with your partners at this timeout? Uh, we're going to make sure that once again, time time is is, is important. Uh, if the ball, if they don't get enough time, make look for the the administering free throw, which would be the lead. If we're going to length of the court, is the lead becoming a new trail? Make sure that uh, this is for him when you give him the ball in case he's running low on time for the quick timeout. Uh, once the ball is in play, let's uh, look for the clock. Let's look for uh, the timeout again because the coach may want to call a timeout. Make sure on the shot that we stay with that shooter, stay with him from the time he goes up uh, to the time he comes down. Uh, make sure that regardless of the time on the clock, if there's an advantage or disadvantage where uh, the person that the shooter is fouled in the act of shooting, uh, you know, hear people say you can't make that call. But one thing I've learned, Mark, is our job is to enforce the rules. We don't commit to foul, we enforce the rules. If there's a foul on that shot, Make sure we, uh, if it's an active shooting, make sure we know if it's a two or three, uh, a two-point attempt or a three-point attempt. Uh, if it's a shot at the buzzer, um, I make sure that we're looking for any type of goaltending. You know, looking for we look for anything that can go wrong, and these are things that we're talking about because if it can go wrong, we got to make sure we get it right. Uh, if there's a turnover, quick timeout, just make sure time. Someone got always got to be aware of time. And be aware if coaches call timeout or players call timeout. But if there's a shot, make sure that we stay with that shooter from the time to go up to the time they come down. Um, I can say if it's, if the ball was in the air when the clock went off, if it's a buzzer beater, uh, if we need to get together to count the basket, little things like that, we just got to make sure we're on top of it. You talked a little bit about this uh, earlier, but uh, what when you look at officiating, what do you gain from it professionally and maybe even in your personal life? I'd tell you what, Mark, uh, communication. Uh, because as an official, you're communicating with several different uh, age brackets. You're, talking, you're dealing with the added young men and young women. You're dealing with coaches a little bit wiser. You're dealing with the fan. It has taught me to communicate uh, from the military to law enforcement. To even, it taught me how to understand and listen. Be patient. Uh, don't be afraid to take criticism. Because in all of my professions, Mark, uh, it, even though it's been short but a long career, uh, I had to learn to take some criticism and understand that sometimes that one thing I know that I'm not always right. Uh, you go to a, uh, some, I'll use Ottawa Glandor, for example, where those fans know their basketball, Mark. They know their basketball very well. Uh, so you hear fans say, I want to turn and acknowledge them, but a lot of times you hear that they they know what they're talking about, so don't be afraid to listen sometimes. So 
So I've definitely learned that, uh, I can say communication, patience, the ability to listen, and for me, slow things down. Because in law enforcement, you have to slow things down because there's so much going on. In the military, you're just at, I mean, you have to, you have to a light switch and you're in combat. So it taught me how to adjust to extreme circumstances and how to react under extreme pressure. What's the scariest thing that has ever happened to you on the basketball floor or maybe even off court with a fan, coach, or a player? You know, Mark, I can I can honestly say during the season, I can honestly, Mark, I've never had it. It's a scary thing. It was during summer, you know, doing way back AAU basketball uh, where – you know, AAU uh, parents think that all their kids are, they're the next, you know, superstar. And I had a parent who was upset, and as I was walking towards my car, he was walking behind me to my car. And I politely said, I don't think you want to do that, sir. I said, because this isn't my profession. I said, I have no problem uh, with taking you to jail. And when I said that, Mark, he turned around and went right back into the gym. <laughs> but I've been pretty fortunate, Mark. I haven't had no incidents in the high school game at, at all that I would say was scary at all uh, from a verbal, nonverbal. Because I, my philosophy, Mark, and I'm a little different than, than other officials, I always say being in the, in the military where in basic training, you, you, don't, you don't know what your real name is because you're called everything but the grace of God. <laughs> in, law, in law enforcement, it's the same way. You're called everything. So I always say for basketball, officially, you can't say anything to me that I haven't been heard, I haven't heard. So it's easy for me to take that and I, I, I smile like I do. You, you work with me, I'm always smiling. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, I'm always laughing because that, hey, that lets them know that you're not going to get to me, and I'm here because I enjoy doing what I enjoy doing. And that's very true. You do uh, you do have fun on the court, and you do smile a lot, and that's what makes it fun to work with you in the ball game. So, uh, yeah, that that concludes our fourth quarter, and uh, now the post game. We head to the post game, and the post game is sponsored by this. Hey, ref. Good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. So here we are uh, now for the post game. And sometimes this is the best part of officiating when we, when we can get together as officials and talk about what happened. But talk a little bit about the brotherhood or the sisterhood of officiating Ralph and a little bit about, um, about how after games we might get together and talk about our games and, and some of the examples that, that you'd like to share. 
Uh, you know, Mark, I look at officiating as a, a fraternity, uh, whether it's a fraternity of men and women, uh, because we are a family. Um, because during the games, the three of us, we're the, we only have each other. We have to lean on each other because from a fan perspective, we're only going to be right 50% of the time every time our whistle blows. So we have to trust each other and have each other's best interest. And we got to be there for each other because we all we have. From the time we get there, get in the locker room, getting dressed, going to our pregame, we are a family and we got to have each other's back between the three of us and the official scores keeper. That's all we have. So we have to make sure that, uh, you know, we show each other the respect, the camaraderie, the love for each other during the game because we all we have. We really got to lean heavily on each other. And that's when you start building trust with each other. And the longer you're doing this, you start building trust with each other. You know that when you get your contract and you see guys on the game, oh, this is going to be a good night because I know I could trust uh John, Jane, Jimmy, but you know, on the flip side, if they're not, you want to make them feel welcome. If I work with guys uh, or young ladies that I haven't worked with before, when I go into the locker room, I want them to welcome me. I want them to make me feel as comfortable as they possibly can so we can have a good night because uh, a good pregame amongst each other can make your day go real smooth. If you don't have a good pregame, Mark, it can show on the court just by uh, – communication, nonverbal communication, not being in the right spot, not rotating right, not trusting each other. We got to trust each other. Uh, I work with, like I work with guys like yourself and the, the veteran guys, uh, the, the Truman Claters, and um, you know, prior to Bill Bradish retiring, I, I harp on Bill because Jim Grzynski, I, I, I love working with Jimmy Grzynski. I think, uh, I mean, we call each other brothers from another mother because we have <laughs> so much mutual respect for each other. We do, and we literally love working with each other. Um, we just really ha have our best interests. Uh, and and our after games, when you're in the locker room and you're sitting there, what we're going to do afterwards, and we may go get a bite to eat if there's time and just go over you know, things that ha happened that we may have done different or what did you see on that call? And you know, just kind of pick each other's brains to see what how we could become better officials because I don't matter, no matter how long you're doing this, I tell guys I'm trying to get better every game. My goal, even after 27 years, Mark, is to become a better official Wednesday than I was Tuesday, to be a better official Thursday than I was Wednesday. And I, I keep working at it. I keep hustling. Uh, I try to do the things that give coaches confidence that when they see me, they know that they're going to get the best game out of me. They know that I'm going to hustle. I'm going to hustle no matter what. I may miss a call, and I always tell Coach Mark, I'm human. If I miss a call, I'm not afraid to say, Coach, I missed that. I, 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 we're going to miss it. But one thing I'm never going to uh, lack in is I'm going to hustle up and down the court for you. And I always tell coaches that. I'm going to give you the best I got. My best may not always be what you think my best should have been, but I am going to give you my best. As a fraternity of officials, I think we all should carry that mindset that every night we're going to give these two officials, I mean, these two coaches and these players the best game that we can give them. Agreed. And it, and it doesn't matter what level that, uh, that you're working. Yep. 
What's the best advice you ever received from an official? The best advice I received from an official, show up to the game early. Get to the game early because what that allows, when they say when you get there, I learned this once again from the day brings and old guys. When you get to a game early, it allows you to get yourself mentally prepared for the game. There is nothing worse than rushing. So make sure you leave it plenty of time when you get there early because they. I learned from the guys what they told me, Mark. They said, on time is late. So you say, get there early enough where you can prepare yourself for the game and don't let the game get too big for you. That's great advice. That's advice yeah. I've had. Yes. Yep. That really is. I, I was looking over the bio that you submitted to me, and I noticed uh, you've been officiating 27 years. You've been married for 28 years. Um, that's a lot of commitment from your wife, uh, Berdana. And so yes. um, talk a little bit about her influence um, in your officiating. You know, you know when we, my first I took it up, she asked me, Mark, she said, are you sure you want to do this? I didn't think she understand what goes into basketball officiating. You know, she probably felt it was one night a week, two nights a week. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> but, but it takes a lot of support, uh, Mark, a lot it of does. support from her. Uh, she is funny because the first game she went to, I never forget it. It was a junior high championship over at Burndale. And, uh, you know, she didn't look quite like the way that they were yelling at, at for them, it's the official. For her, it's my husband. So she said, I would never go to another game. <laughs> and, and she's been a woman of her word. She hasn't been to any other game. So, But in terms of just being understanding, um, because she knows during basketball season, um, it's, it's, I mean, I, I get off work, I go home, change clothes, and I'm back on the road. And she sees me when I leave in the morning, and then she sees me again, Mark, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but once again, it goes back into communication. She has been a, a huge, a huge fan of mine and a ginormous support system for me. And understanding this is something I enjoy doing. And uh, like you say, in, in any relationship or anything you do in life, uh, understand each other, communicating. And she did. She she understands and she knows once basketball season comes, it's kind of like, you know, oh, nice, I don't have games, Mark. She'd be like, don't you got a game tonight? <laughs> you know, because she's so used to that. Because <laughs> that's what it's like her Tuesday night or whatever. She's like, hey, I, hey, 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 I'm, this is my time to watch my TV or whatever. But you ain't got a game? I'm like, no, I don't have a game tonight. It's kind of like, okay, doing basketball season, all right, I guess. But yeah, she, it's just a huge support system for the market. Uh, understanding the stuff that I enjoy doing, knowing that this isn't something, you don't do this to get rich. I enjoy it because, one, it keeps me, I always say it keeps me in shape. Um, She's be active instead of just sitting around becoming that couch potato. So, but she's been a rock. So I, I must say that for 27 years dealing with B and basketball, hey, she needs a prize. Agree. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that, Ralph. Uh, you know, I likewise I've been married. Uh, it'll be 29 years this year, and and uh, bless God, Amen. Yeah, and and you really have to give a lot to the spouses and and what they do at home. And and I, my wife does the same thing. Don't you have a game tonight? And, right. And uh, like, no, I'm staying home to watch basketball on TV. No, I don't do that. I'm just kidding. Right, right. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, every basketball official has to make quick decisions, and uh, we have one final segment called Five Quick Decisions. And uh, before we get to that, though, we want to recognize our sponsor. Hey, Ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Official site relationships within the community of basketball officials is a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. So Ralph, we're going to have five quick decisions, uh, kind of like a, um, uh, fire, fire, rapid fire questions, uh, with these. So let's, let's see what happens. You know, we're fed quite a bit eh, on occasion at basketball games. What's the best food you ever had? Ooh. At a game, the best. Yeah, at a during the season, during the not season tournament. Well, you can include during tournament. The, well, tournaments always, tournaments always interesting ooh. because they bring out the good food in tournament time. Yeah, because they it, bring yeah. out the best, Mark. Oh yeah. wow! Um, during the tournament, Mark, I'm gonna honestly say, <sighs> Anthony Wayne, and I'm gonna tell you why I say Anthony Wayne, Mark. Because to me, there's nothing better than home-cooked meals. And those parents and that Booster Club, Mark, oh, they have they have a spread for you, Mark. I'm talking from the Swedish meatball <laughs> to the chicken wings to the broccoli to the pasta salad to the dip to the fruits to the desserts. And it's all home-prepared by those wonderful parents of Ashley Wayne. So I, I, I just say they rank up pretty good. I, Yes, I'm gonna say Anthony Wayne because it's home cooked. I, I I've had some other great places, but I got to give John Snyder and Anthony Wayne a, a shout out, Mark. They they really do you well at the tournament. I got to agree with you on that. I had I've had only had one tournament game over there, and the spread there was yeah, it had everything, and it was amazing. I mean, they had tacos, they had meatballs, they had, I yeah. Mean, yeah, it was something else. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's amazing. Yes. So, uh, if there was one rule, Ralph, that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Uh, jump ball. Really? Um, on a tie-up, yes. What would you on do? On a tie-up. Uh, and the reason I say that, Mark, is in a close game, uh, I think that if the possession arrow sometimes can hinder a good defensive play. And, and I, I think other than I, – I truly think that I would like to see a close game if, if the de- reward the defense – yeah, uh, but if teams know that they're gonna get a possession and you tie them up, and the defense played a great defensive stand, uh, it's like punting. You're penalizing the defense for playing great defense. And I believe that if you go to a jump ball, make it even. Not every jump ball. I just wish it was way that in the last two minutes of a close game, I would say like you go to jump ball. That's a solid argument. I mean, that really is. I, I asked the same question to Evelyn Hammonds, who is an official from uh, C- Central Ohio. Yes. Yeah, from Columbus. Yes. And and she, and she said that uh, she likes it the way it is, which you know I I kind of do too. But it was funny. She said you're you're kind of old school if you remember the old jump ball ways. But it's because <laughs> her and I her and I I think are around the same age. 
and uh, and I said, you're right. You know, I probably am old school a little bit, but I do. Re- you know, both of us remember. You know, if you had a jump ball down by yeah. the free throw line or by the uh, basket, you you did the jump ball at the free throw Absolutely. line, and if you had a six Absolutely. five kid and a five eight kid, that's who that's who jumped that's who jumped right there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. What do you think is the most misunderstood rule from a fan perspective or and a coach perspective? Carry the way yeah. the ball bounces off, or you can bring the ball as high as you want. Oh yeah. Over your head, as long as your hand is going, but everybody thinks it's a carry. It's not a carry, and the fumble, dribble, fumble. People think if you fumble with the ball, you can. They think it's a travel. So the one, I would say, the carry. Uh, they think once you bounce the ball over your head, if your hand don't go up under, they automatically assume it's a, it's a carry. It's not a carry. You can bounce it as high as you want. Those your hand don't go up under. Three-point shot. Uh, leave it at 19.9 or move it back or don't have it at all. For the high school kids, I would say leave it where it's at. Funniest thing a coach ever said to you? Oh, wow. The funniest thing they said to me, Ralph, you're missing a good game. <laughs> and we're, yeah, I, yeah, okay. That's, uh, I've heard a lot of fans say that, but That's I don't think I've ever one, had a coach yeah, say that yet. Coach told me that Ralph, you're missing. I, I, Mark, I'll always have a comeback for that too, so, you know. <laughs> oh, I got to hear this. <laughs> well, no, it's real stuff, but especially if it's, uh, 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 I, on, the, on the days where, say, I'm a Piston fan. I tell them Ohio State's playing that night. I said, no, I didn't miss one because a good game comes on at 830 at night in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to add a sixth question to this. Uh, funniest thing a fan ever said to you? Oh, I get a lot of jokes uh, because I do work out a little bit. Uh, yeah, for people who don't know that, Ralph's Ralph's arms are the size of – my legs probably. I mean, yeah. I know you work out, Ralph. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, 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 we were just this past season. Um, the kids yelled. The student section yelled at me. Yelled at me. You skipped leg day. <laughs> <laughs> you skipped leg day. <laughs> And they started chanting that at me, Mark. I, I I could do nothing but laugh. I love the creativeness of our students. That, I, I, think I, that's I, could awesome. not, I could do nothing but laugh, uh, Mark, when he said that. They started chanting, you skipped leg day. At, what else? I don't even have to respond to that. <laughs> Well, this has been a lot of fun, Ralph. I want to thank Ralph Green for taking the time out of his day in Toledo, Ohio, for joining the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Ralph, this has been a great almost hour. I appreciate the time you spent with us, and best of luck to you in the upcoming season. Thank you, Mark, so much. I appreciate you even considering me and having me on the show. It's been an honor, a privilege, and a true blessing to come and just share and just have a conversation because all you and I did, we had a good time and, and we just conversated, Mark. So I truly appreciate the opportunity. And anytime, I'll be more than willing to come on your show. This is great. I appreciate it. And right there, folks, you can see why Ralph Green is such a highly respected basketball official and person. I hope you enjoyed the show and was able to take something away from it that helps your basketball officiating career. 
Please return and listen to future episodes of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Until next time, be safe, stay healthy, and God bless.